often our baggage goes all the way back to childhood, uh, some of that upbringing stuff, uh, and even along the way where people just dump on us, and yet God doesn't want that. He wants to clear us out of all of that rubbish. Just help us to be freer again. Uh, you know, mm. just imagine all that weight and rubbish being like, you know, stones put into a rucksack, and and it's like God wants to just stones and suddenly suddenly you, you get to motor in life because you don't have that weight bearing you down welcome to what's the story my name is matt edmondson and this is a podcast full of stories about faith and courage from everyday people and today i am chatting with one of my best mates ian dowsett about his christian journey the challenges he's faced in life and some of the lessons he's learned along the way. Now you can find our entire archive of episodes and live streams on our website for free at whatsastorypodcast.com. And whilst you're there, make sure you sign up to the newsletter and each week we will email you uh, the links and the notes from the conversations. They get direct to your inbox totally for free. So make sure you sign up for that. Now, this episode is brought to you by Crowd Online Church. Hey, listen, if you're out there and you're looking for church, check out Crowd Online Church. Or if you kind of don't see the point of church or you don't get the, you know, you're not quite sure about church, check it out. We think you'll like it. It's all online. Crowd.church is a website. Go ahead, have a look, see what you think. Let me know. Now, Ian has been in church uh, leadership for the last 20 years. I know he doesn't look a day older than 21. Uh, he is married to Ruth, who uh, leads alongside him, and they have three beautiful, very beautiful girls and one very lazy dog. Uh, they've planted a church on an estate in central London and now lead a church in northwest London. Ian briefly taught uh, history, which he still enjoys reading about, and he is a tentative triathlete uh, and one-time marathon runner, apparently. He also has a heart for the homeless, having helped those on the streets since being a teenager, and now as a trustee of Firm Foundation, the homeless charity in Harrow. He has been a Christian since the age of nine, yet still enjoys discovering new aspects of God's love and goodness. Mate, welcome to uh, the What's the Story podcast. Finally, we get to do this conversation. I've been looking forward to this. How are we doing, sir? Yeah, no, very good. It's, it is great to finally get around to it. We've, we, as you say, we've been planning it for a long time. Yeah, uh, we've, we've done it in person ourselves many a time. We've <laughs> got to do it sort of live, uh, live online as well. So. Yeah, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Now we record it, so uh, our kids will watch this back and go, "Oh, Dad, what are you doing?" <laughs> yeah. I'll say that about you. Yeah, they'll say that about me. Yeah, no, it is worth saying. I did say it in the intro. We have been friends for a very, very long time. Uh, we've been friends, what, since uni? So that was back in 92, did we meet? 91, 92? Yeah, 30 years. Must be 30 years. Yeah, 30 long old years. So, yeah. <laughs> wow, what a time. I've what survived. I've lost my hair. <laughs> yeah it's funny isn't it it's funny because um my two boys now are at uni which was the same age when we met and it's funny how it all sort of comes full circle really uh, and how out of, out of uni you know you make these amazing friends and you sort of stay lifelong friends and i can see it actually with my boys uh, at uni as well yeah. so yeah it's interesting isn't yeah, it, it is. interesting 
So, um, so for the good folks listening, you are currently in Harrow, right? Currently a vicar of a church in Harrow called St Paul's, uh, although we have just recently announced to our church members that we're planning to move on in the summer. So yes, we've been here for 14 years. We've we've loved serving and being here. We've uh, grown up. Our children have grown up here, uh, but but we feel that yeah, incredibly as God leads us through lots of things, that He's He's saying, saying it's time to go. And unlike some people, I don't have a job to go on to. I'm, we're trusting God that He's going to show us what lies ahead, mm. and we're looking forward to seeing what that is over the next couple of months. So exciting, exciting times yeah, yeah, yeah very exciting times really i mean that's quite a massive change isn't it because if you've been doing something for 14 years and you feel then oh it's time to move on that's 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 quite a big deal yeah it's a big deal to change in the first place i guess you know the fact that um we are literally stepping out at the moment into nothing it's a bit like you know that harrison ford thing and raiders of the lost art where he steps out onto a you know, an empty space. It feels a little bit like that, but we kind of can see something of what lies ahead. We we know that God's going to use some of our history, our past. He always does that. You know, nothing's ever wasted with God. And yeah, we, he's he's using the fact that we we love working with people, uh, love praying for people, love um, helping people who particularly maybe feel a bit broken in their lives. And yeah. we've just appreciated the way that God has helped us in our own brokenness, uh, deal with, you know, often our baggage goes all the way back to childhood, uh, some of the upbringing stuff, uh, and even along the way where people just dump on us, and yet God doesn't want on that. He wants to clear us out of all of that rubbish, just help us to be freer again. Uh, you know, mm. just imagine all that weight and rubbish being like, you know, stones put into a rucksack, and, and it's like, God wants to just at those stones and suddenly suddenly you, you get to motor in life because you don't have that weight bearing you down so that's what we love praying with people and yeah. helping them feel that same weightlessness freedom that comes from being with him and getting stuff in their past dealt with so we're hoping to do that with uh, all sorts of people uh, but that would be one of the key things that we, we sense for the future for us for ruth and me uh, working yeah. together so the this desire then, I mean, I kind of know the answers before I ask them, but I, I, I'm aware it's funny, isn't it, when you talk to someone that you're very familiar with. Um, but this desire to help people um, deal with the baggage, to take the metaphorical rocks out of the rucksack, was that there when you started at the church in Harrow, that same desire? Is that why you started that? Or is that sort of something that's happened and sort of come out of your time in Harrow? Yeah, no, it was it was already there. Um, I think particularly for me, there was a key moment actually in the place we were in North Kensington before that. I was journeying with uh, an older Christian who was kind of a bit of my mentor, and and he was uh, going through some stuff as well. And just as he went through that that journey of finding freedom, he kind of helped me process that stuff myself, and uh, and really would just open my eyes to the fact of things that I'd, I'd read in the Bible before, things that I'd seen true, but never really applied it to my life. And, and mm. it was like, oh, I've been a Christian, like you say, I've been a Christian since the age of nine. But but sometimes we, we read stuff uh, and we know stuff, but we don't live it. We don't actually action it in our lives. And, and so 
for the first time actually started actually sort of you know really depending on god mm. for decisions that i was making and it i think i think at one stage i just believed oh god was only there for the big decisions in life and actually start, started realizing god is there for every decision in life it really is <laughs> yeah. does care about you know the small stuff and and actually it's often when we we don't see god in the small stuff that that's when i kind of our lives start to kind of go off track and they go track of a little then they go track a lot if we keep going down that pathway so for me it was it was so good so good to to find people i could go do you know what this is not right in my life i need mm. to deal with it. to admit i've got brokenness in me to admit yeah. that actually uh, i'm not this superman that you know culture makes us all want to be uh, that i have got insecurities within me i've got uh, a sense of failure sometimes or a sense of overwhelmness uh and actually just to be able to share that with with god but also with trusted people around me was fantastic and then to pray into it and see god speak the wonderful thing was god would give us we we call it sort of original design it's like you know god unrolling his blueprint for for your life and kind of going mm. this is how i made you to be when I designed you, you know, when I designed you, Matt, Ian, it's how I made you to be. Mm. And there's just some lovely, lovely affirming words. I mean, you know, God spoke over me that I'm a man of integrity, a man of humor, a man of courage. You know, and these are things that mm. I am, but I'm also becoming. I'm not yeah. fully formed in that yet. You know, I'm, I'm not that fully formed person. It was so affirming to, to have someone speak these things over me. Mm. Uh, and God would use images that were pertinent to me. There was stuff that no one else would know. Well, very few people would know. Certainly not the people who were praying these things for me. Uh, and he, he, it would blow me away. It was like, how mm. on earth did you know that God? Uh, you know, how, how on earth did that person know that? It could only yeah. have been you. So it was incredible. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Wow. So you have this sort of, this... Um encounter for want of a better expression then yeah. when you're leading a church in north kensington all these things sort of come out you then hit the ground of running in harrow um and just uh, let everyone know you're married at this point right yeah that's right married to ruth married uh, already a number of years by that stage yeah yeah so i read out in the bio that you started out uh, your working life so uni finishes for us you yeah. go off and become a history teacher uh and <laughs> and then all of a sudden you, you say again why are you laughing i'm just going <laughs> just why not um and so, <laughs> so all of a sudden though you you sort of you start down this road of being a history teacher and then you're like no actually i'm I, i'm gonna go into the church of england i'm gonna do my my training what happened there yeah well it's you know we speak of, of maybe a call um and i felt called to be a leader in the church of some at some point right from when i was a teenager so yeah. in one sense it wasn't a new thing it wasn't like oh, i started being a teacher and oh i'm suddenly backtracking it was it was more that i knew god was calling me into church leadership and when i came out of university i said okay god i'm ready and he said well i'm not sure you are uh, and so and I said, I want you to do this first. And so for me, part of my, I guess, being made ready 
for being a church leader was actually to go into teaching and mm. it, it wasn't that I don't think it was the teaching bit that was relevant I think it was the relating with life relating mm. with you know children whose backgrounds were very different from mine uh, some children who had had really hard backgrounds coping with lively classrooms where people weren't so interested in learning all the time more interested in staring out the window or distracting the person next to them and so yeah for me that was part of my my shaping my forming uh and god knew that and i certainly after the first year of teaching it had been hard work i'd had one or two classes particularly that were quite defiant <laughs> really rowdy you know this is just a normal state comp mm. um, and after the first year i thought oh, do you know what I, i've done my year of forming I, i'm done i'm going to move on now <laughs> i spoke to a very wise person my dad and, yep. and he said Legend. you know ian don't run away from it you know if if, if, if god's calling on to church leadership wait until he calls you to to move on don't mm. run away and it was really helpful because the next year i only did another year of teaching but then the next year was totally different and it I was able to face up with some of the things that I've been struggling with, some of the fact that um, the things that hadn't been going well, I was able to sort of work on uh, and work through, both in terms of the class themselves, but also the stuff in me that I needed just to deal with. Uh, and I became, you know, I was, I, I, I left, I left knowing that I, I wasn't running away. I left knowing yeah. that I faced up to those things and seen them through. Um, and yeah, I, I left with my head held high in that sense, yeah. uh, and not beaten. Uh, and it was good. And it was good because I actually saw some of the children who'd been a real pain in the first year actually really turn around. And I learned a mm. lot of things. I learned the power of really giving time to people, getting mm. to know people. You know, if, if you get to know a child's name and get to know something about them, it makes a yeah. world of difference yeah that's super powerful man and it's um i mean teaching like for me being a teacher certainly in a what we call here in the uk a comprehensive school a high school a state-run school it's a hard road man and my hat's off to anyone that does it well um because geez but the it's interesting isn't it you talk to you didn't run away and i i think there's this phrase that we use a lot called finish well or end it yeah. well do you know what I mean and you not everything ends well not everything can finish yeah. well but wherever wherever possible you try and get things to end well and um at least that's one of my philosophies right and so listening to you talk that's what i'm kind of reminded of um so how important was it for you do you think to do that extra year to finish well to end it well to listen to your dad yeah i mean i think i think for me it was really important i say for me not in the sense of or i i decided that it was really important i think just it was important for me it's like mm. i say it was what God was doing in me in that year. It was ultra important and not, not so much for, because I thought it was a good thing. So I'm glad I did it. Um, and, you know, I'm really, I, I, I certainly learned, as I say, I was a teacher. I learned more that year probably than anybody else did. Um, so I think that's why it was so key. And mm. uh, it was key. And, uh, you know, as I say, it's about so much about life is about people about wrestling with dif difficult situations that you have with people and uh, and and the kids in the classroom they, they were part of that and they were part they were partly my teachers in terms of learning how to 
cope and manage people who can be difficult or people who are who are struggling because they've got brokenness again it mm. I, you know it really does come back to that brokenness thing you know a lot of those kids they were pretty young and yet mm. they already experienced some really hard stuff in life and me just being aware that that was the case meant that i could be more patient more tolerant with them mm. um, and yeah i came out of it definitely having uh, learned those lessons uh, or learned, certainly learned some lessons about how to relate to people better. Yeah, yeah. And so you you then leave and you head into, um, uh, I want to say Bible school, but it's not the proper name for it, is it? Vicar, Vicar Factory? I don't know. <laughs> Theological College. Theological College, that's the one I'm looking for. Yeah. Vicar Factory. <laughs> <laughs> which is brilliant isn't it so um so you you head over to the vicar factory i'm just that's all that's just wanting to call it yeah, now. um you go to the vicar factory um how old are you when you when you hit this place yes uh, so ruth and i get married just as we're going uh so just before we go we get married and isn't isn't ruth famed for saying she was never going to marry a vicar Is it not true? I thought I thought I heard Ruth at some point say she never wanted to be a vicar's wife. Married someone who's going to be a vicar. There you go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, we we literally just got married. We as newlyweds went away went away from our friends that we'd made uh, in Twickenham. We were now in Oxford, uh, kind of leafy Oxford, nice sort of pleasant environment, uh, and yeah, we were just trying to i was trying to learn how to be uh how to be a vicar and, and mm. do the job as it were and uh, we were also at the same time um yeah newly married trying to le learn how to relate well to one another with some mistakes and some errors and uh, some good stuff on the way as well but, yeah yeah it's funny isn't it that whole um <laughs> that whole figuring life out in your early 20s uh and especially when you, you uh, when we got married because we all got married quite quite close to each other didn't we really in yeah, terms of age right. range yeah. Yeah. but you, you and you'll remember you know you remember that even before we got married there you know there's a bit of a oh gosh there's a bit of a hiccup is this the right thing that we're doing and and again praise god we did <laughs> yeah 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 all worked out in the end didn't it all uh, you have three beautiful girls um and uh you so you 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 go from vicar factory <laughs> and then you go to uh your first post in london and then from there you am i right in saying then from that you go to harrow yeah that's right so we were in north kensington so we went from this leafy suburb of of oxford literally the you know we looked out onto this this we were in a flat we looked out onto the garden at the back of the flat we didn't need net curtains anything like that because it was all quiet and at night time there was hardly any lights at all mm. and then we we moved to this house in the middle of a, a london estate right on the corner of the road where we, we'd have these motorbikes which were around that's you know they'd start up about eight o'clock at night and then keep going until about 11 12 at night and uh, and we thought what have we done we've moved from <laughs> this idyllic country uh side type place into into the middle of uh, what felt like noisy noisy hell almost mm. i mean we had a guy got stabbed right outside the door um a couple of weeks in i think 
uh, he, he didn't die, fortunately, but, you know, um, and we thought, what have we done? Uh, and and the, one of the verses that really, um, you know, scripture's always good, I find, for me yeah. to hold on. When I've got a particular passage that, uh, and for me, it was when we moved that time of Psalm 27, verse 1, uh, which is, the Lord is my light uh, and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Mm. And, you know, quite honestly, it was scary. You know, it was scary mm. to stop yeah. lying in bed and hearing these noises go round and round and see the lights of the cars. And uh, and to, to begin with, you kind of thought, well, what have we done? And, you know, it was while we were there that we had kids. So we had young kids you know kid we had three kids under four uh in that in that place and, and at times you kind of think what, what on earth are we doing but god was mm. with us uh, and yeah he did he, he really he, he he was really gracious to us in that place and we, we 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 would sit on the front door with all these people coming past and get to know them and that was part of our ministry was just getting to mm. know them the, the neighbors and, and and the community and really saying to people in the community look you matter you matter yeah. Um, you know, some some of you may have lived broken lives, but you matter to God, uh, and we want to do things that, that that celebrate that. And I can remember one thing we did was um, we did a, a good neighbours award. Okay. And, and literally, we just we just went around the neighbourhood saying, "Hey, do you want to nominate one of your neighbours for being good neighbours?" We heard some stories about bad neighbours as well. But, uh, <laughs> I bet you did. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but but we you know we wanted. But the thing is, we were so fed up. For, people knocking where they lived we just wanted to say people look there are good stories here too yeah so what we wanted to do was draw out just some of that those good stories and say look guys it's not all bad Mm. you know if if you could if you will just open your eyes for a moment you'll see god at work Uh, and so it was just a way of you know hearing some stories and then we literally we 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 then invited these people who'd been nominated and just gave them all an, a lovely certificate and you know got I, I can't remember we've got sort of dignitary to come along and sort of uh, uh, give them their prizes and stuff like that and but it was great it was great just to celebrate that stuff. yeah I imagine that actually went down quite well oh it was yeah no it was great uh, you know I think I think the people people who were nominating uh, yeah. as well as the people who, who, who won prizes that they they, they like telling their stories they they yeah. wanted to tell about their their their, their neighbors who really helped them out you know the people who'd sort of looked after their kids when they couldn't couldn't be there or you know the people um yeah who, who who've done incredible things themselves we mm. um funnily enough one one of the people um who was nominated was uh guys that live next door and it was just you know the, just the way they cared for, for their son who, who yeah. had um, physical difficulties uh, and somebody else had nominated them and it just just it was just lovely to sort of celebrate the way they parented this child mm. who, who who you know he, he he you know he was he had a lot of physical difficulties it meant they had to sacrifice a lot mm. to care for him uh, and yeah they did that and and uh, and it was lovely to celebrate their their efforts. Yeah, but and I, I would imagine it, it's those kind of things where you'll go back to their house twenty years later, and some of them will still have their certificates held. Yeah, there. probably. Yeah, no. Do you sure, know what I mean? It's really fascinating uh, yeah. how you how you see that all these years later, and it still means a lot to people because actually a lot of people aren't told good things, um, and yeah. certainly about them uh, all that often, which is a shame. So, I'm curious, mate. Right, you've been doing church leadership now twenty years. Um, you've been a, a, a vicar for 
in the, well, you've been in the church thing, haven't you, for 20 years now. What are some of your favorite stories to come out of that? Because, I mean, you get to walk with people through births, through christenings, yeah. through marriages, through funerals. You have to do it all, don't you, as, as a, yeah. a vicar of a church yeah. of England? Uh, and I'm just kind of curious, what are some of the the, the hero stories? Or, not hero is a wrong phrase, but some, some really heartwarming stories, I suppose, that have come out yeah. of that. I think I think always it's seeing people change. You know, th- those are the heartwarming stories. It's seeing people um, whose lives sometimes are uh, not good, uh, and and just incredibly that they, they they sort of meet with you uh, as I guess a representative of God, and then they get to meet God him, themselves. And mm. uh, you know, for me, it's not about meeting me. It's not about you know Ian being a wonderful person. It's about the fact that I can. I, I've just got someone that they can be introduced to and that they can be introduced to Jesus and get to know him uh, and, and realize that he's the one that makes a difference. Mm. When we left North Kensington, one of the, I, I'd, I'd worked along the road at the community center with a number of young uh, children. And one of the, one of the young girls who, who joined our, uh, our club, our kind of youth club, and then eventually started coming along to, to church. She wrote me, um, she wrote me a letter and uh, you know it was all about how she'd changed because she'd met jesus through mm. me and for me that that's a heartwarming story oh, wow. it's, yeah i bet it's somebody you you know who's directly saying you, you've made a difference in my life and mm. um you know and it was it was great to see you know here was a um a girl who was from a broken family you know mum loved to dearly and was certainly looking after her but um she was living up living on this estate where you know, and she could have gone anyway, and, yeah. and yet she chose to sort of, and she came along to church. She did, you know, her mum wasn't particularly up for coming, but she came along to church anyway. Uh, her mum was supportive, but you know, didn't particularly want to come herself, and uh, and so she just let her daughter come along, and and her daughter just flourished, and it was, mm. it was great to see. Um, so that that was heartwarming, uh, yeah, and, and while we've been here, we've seen that as well. We've seen. People whose people whose whose lives have, have turned around mm. again. One of the people who's now working on staff with us uh, here at St Paul's. Oh wow! She came to us as somebody who I, you know, I'm not interested in this stuff. Um, you know, I've never really been interested in, in God or God stuff. I've ignored him all my life, and then just was walking along one day, saw the fact we've got a poster up to do Alpha, which is a kind of come and ask questions about Jesus type course. And um, so she just felt drawn to come in and she did. And she probably didn't know what she was doing at the time. <laughs> um, but she came on that and she, she made, she, you know, as she was going through, she, she asked the questions that she'd got and, mm. and came to the point where she went, do you know what? I think there's something in this. I'm going to, I'm going to go for this. And she, she made a commitment to say, you know, God come into my life and, she hasn't looked back. She's, you know, incredibly been changed. Um, as I say, to the, to the point where she's now working on staff with us uh, at the church, and is blessing loads of other people. And is is generous, is warm hearted, mm. has come out of herself. I think probably in ways that she she would have been a very defended person in the past. Mm. But, you know, just wonderfully warm and uh, and giving now. And mm. uh, yeah, I think she would look back on her old self and sort of say. I've just, I've been transformed. I've been changed. Yeah. And that's what, that's awesome. 
Yeah, yeah it is. He's in the business of doing that, isn't he, really? Uh, the the whole transformation thing. You mentioned earlier, actually, one of the statements you made was um, nothing is ever wasted with God. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of curious, let's dig into that a little bit. What do you mean by that phrase? Well, there's a phrase in, in Romans which says that all things work together for good for those mm. who love God. And um, there's a lot of things that happen in life which we have to say that is that in itself wasn't a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, so we will, you know, um, we, we've had lots of conflict, I think, you know, as church leaders, with mm. and I wife and husband, you know, we've had, uh, we'll have times of conflict and disagreement. And, and actually, I, I would, looking back on it now, I would say, I'm glad we've had those conflicts and worked through them. And it's the mm. working through the key bit there. But I'm glad we've had the conflict and worked through them. I don't think our marriage would be the same if we hadn't had those things. Mm. So when I say nothing's wasted, it's like we might have times when we've fallen out and we've um, had to sort of really sit down and talk through why is it that you do that, Ian? Why does that? Why don't you understand me? Why aren't you caring? Um, and then I've, you know, I've been able to sort of say my bit, and and we've had to wrestle through you know, often to a place of compromise in order to realize, actually, now that we've talked that through, we know one another better. Yeah. And now that we know one another better, our relationship is stronger. Yeah. And now, actually, we're in a better place than we were. Yeah. So, you know, it's all very well set, you know, and I, I meet, I meet people when I'm getting them ready to being married, you know, when I marry them in church and, and I'll always say to people, you know, have you, have you, have you had a falling out yet? Have you? And for some people, that they haven't yet, but you kind of go, well, I hope you do soon because you know actually part of the relationship is disagreeing well, yeah, uh, learning how to cope with conflict well and coming through it. And I know I've shared with you in the past, you know, as a as as a close friend, you know, sometimes when we've had, you know, there's been difficult things in church life where we've, you know, people have been. Uh, maybe haven't understood why we're doing things uh, mm. and therefore uh, uh, kind of got the hump with us or maybe we've sometimes maybe sometimes we've got the hump with others but um you know actually but but when you work when you really sit down and, and hear one another well generally if there is an openness on both sides then you can work those things through yeah occasionally you just have to walk your separate ways mm. uh, but 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 those those times can be incredible or um yeah we've had you know a number of people who we've i can think of you know certainly quite a few people who we've had to sit down i've had to sit down and go look i i i've got the feeling here all is not well between you and me mm. uh you know they're a bit cold to me then they're not speaking to me and then they'll they'll, they'll turn around and say Ian, you said this or you did this uh, and, you know, it made me feel really rubbish or it made me feel like you didn't think what I had to say was important. Mm. And, you know, I'd work it through with them nine times out of ten. It was uh, they maybe misunderstood me slightly or I'd, mm. I'd missed, you said it when I was doing it. Yeah. yeah. And I said sorry uh, and we've moved on from that or, or they've kind of gone, oh, okay, actually I realised I misunderstood you sorry and you know we've moved forward together um, yeah and those are yeah so things aren't wasted and and i do think often those are the things that make you stronger i think they say that when you you know you break a bone but then it heals again actually sometimes mm. it 
it can be even stronger in that place of the break. That, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, it's not all bad. It's, it's not, not all bad. It's, it's a really powerful lesson, isn't it? Because I, I like you, I can look back over my life and I can go, well, that experience wasn't great, but out of that has come this. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that God caused that experience over no. there. Um, but what I am saying is out of that, God has created something wonderful uh, and he's not necessarily been uh, derailed, for want of a better expression, by probably my own stupidity. Uh, and it's interesting how you talked about the transformation stories, you know, the, the heartwarming stories. And then, you know, you talked about yourself and Ruth and conflict with church members. So the transformation is not just for people who are necessarily outside of church or broken. I'm listening to you talk and it's as much for you as it is for your congregants. Is that the right yeah. word? Yeah, well, probably. Um, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're all, we, we've all got brokenness and we'll never not have brokenness this side of heaven. Um, for me, it's about not wanting to remain broken and it's mm. seeking healing when i realize that i'm broken um so yeah it's you know i think sometimes people think and people think the problem with church is they're full of hypocrites and they're full of people who do things that they shouldn't be doing and the reality is that's because they're broken people and they're yeah. they're on the journey if somebody's not changing at all then i would argue that then they're probably not opening themselves up to jesus uh, mm. in order that you can help them change uh, but I think if we're open to it, God can change anybody. If, yeah. if we're open to it, you know, it doesn't yeah. matter whether you've been a Christian for 40 years, you can still sometimes have really deep-rooted stuff in your life that still needs dealing with. Uh, uh, you can be in somebody who's completely new to faith, uh, and God can be at work on you there as well. And sometimes there's a grace. I think sometimes there's a grace for people who've just come to faith in Christ. Sometimes you think he, he, he solves things really quickly for them and other times they, they just yeah. you have to work those out of a long period of time for me one of my things was growing up i was often quite um angry internally so if i got cross i would internalize it mm. hide it push it down and then suddenly snap and if i snapped normally what i would do is i'd break something that was around me and that, that mm. you know as a kid, that's that's kind of how i would cope with my negative emotions and so one of the things it, 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 in later life is, is kind of learning to give that to God, learning to express it earlier mm. um, rather than pushing down, pushing down and having this sort of explosion type thing come later. And, you know, that's important because, you know, when you've got kids uh, around in the house, you don't want to be just flying off the handle at, uh, at any time. And, you know, occasionally that would still happen. But mm. certainly I was, you know, I, I know I'm, I'm a less angry, more balanced person for the fact that I've been able to give that stuff to God. Yeah. And see, work on me. Yeah, no, that's a fair comment. It's interesting, isn't it, how, um, uh, you know, when we when we look at the... You see, I have this conversation quite a lot. I don't know if you're like me, Diggs, where um, because my kids are of a certain age, I'm very interested in the current culture that they're growing up yeah. in. Yeah. And I'm I'm very aware of the the sort of the ideals of society, and I'm like that's just weird, or that needs to change, or that needs to change. But quite often in the midst of that, as you're praying, God, 
you know, sort it out. He tends to focus on me first. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and if I've never, I've never dared pray the prayer, God, you need to change Sharon, my wife, because she's just yeah. bang out of order. Because I know as soon as those words come out of my mouth, God's just going to, it's almost like God's going to slap me upside the head and go, Matt, dude, come on. Uh, that change starts with you, right? And um, it's interesting, isn't it, as listening to you talk, that actually a lot of this stuff uh, God deals with is with us first, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. There's a guy called Danny Silk who, who um, is a church pastor in the States, and he wrote a book about parenting, which I found really helpful. Mm. And it, he talked about um, often as a dad, he'd be like this big yellow truck, you know, that yeah. you know, like he'd come into the situation, he'd just roll over it, you know, it was, you know, and he'd, he'd, he'd try and t- take charge and like, you know, one of those big, you know, massive wheel dumper trucks would yeah. sort of eventually kind of come into the situation like that. Uh, and, and I recognized, yeah, that was me. Quite often that was me. That was what I was doing as dad. I would kind of come into the situation as dad and sort of, stomp all over the kit not literally stomp all over the kids mm. it's okay um but, <laughs> but, but um but you know i just take charge and mm. and actually i realized that i actually had to start treating my kids listening to them hearing them better listening to what they had to say listening to their mm. perspective the two of them had been fighting actually sitting down and really hearing what both of them had to say um and learning to to not be that dumper truck thing and actually as you say learning that i had to actually kind of go it's not actually their stuff the mm-hmm. first thing i've got to do is deal with how i'm responding to this situation yeah it deal with my response okay so i'm getting fed up that i can't read my newspaper or watch tv because they're making noise they're kids they're playing they're having you know it's yeah. like you know they don't know that i've had a hard day they don't know that uh, and it's kind of having to go okay lord all right, that's that's mm. my stuff there, uh, and it's actually it's incredible how their stuff seems more manageable when you've dealt with your stuff. <laughs> their stuff more manageable when you've dealt with your stuff. Yeah, it totally is. You're just in that place of you're you're, you're more peaceful. Mm. Um, you know, if they're they're if they're sort of answering back to you, it's less of an issue when yeah. you're more at peace. It yeah. washes off you a bit more and you're able just to deal with the actual problem. Mm-hmm. Just ignore that sort of back chat, um, you know, and just get to the heart of it. How have you found then um, being both a parent and a husband as a church leader? Because it's as a church leader, you are under a constant microscope, aren't you? Everybody's watching how you do things. So have you felt the pressure to try and be a I don't know what the right word to, to use is, but sort of be a better parent or a better husband than maybe uh, you would have felt had you not been a church leader because you're not under that microscope. Yeah, it's interesting. There's been a few times when people have said things, either said things directly to our kids about their behaviour and uh, or and on an occasion said, you should know better because you're the vicar's kids or something like that. Um and that's a required patience on my part to yeah. not slap punch them. him in the head. Um, <laughs> but but you actually, you know, I, I'll be honest. Generally, the the church we've been in has been a really gracious church. Generally, mm. so I would say not too much. Um, 
I would say most of any most of the pressure, most of the expectation would probably be myself on myself, right? Rather rather than from other people, if I'm honest. Mm. Um, it's been interesting recently. Um, in the last couple of years, two of our girls are no longer in the church that we worship at. They they still love Jesus. They still go to church, but um, they've kind of come to us and said, um, you know, this church that you're running. Um, we we don't want to be here anymore uh, for various reasons, you know. And, uh, and, and it was just more a case. I think it's more of a case that they need to spread their wings and do their own thing. Mm. And I get that. And you know, I think we could have said, we could have said, oh well, what will people think about us? You know, will they think, oh, we failed with our kids because they're they're not coming to our church? Is our church mm. not good enough? If your children aren't coming here, why should I send my children here? Mm. Um, and I think we've just gone like. You know, this is what our children need for now. Yeah. For this, yeah. no, they they were all over sixteen when they did it. It wasn't, you know, um, but it's been fine. And, and they actually, what I've seen is they're they're, they're much more mature. They're they're mm. much more excited and engaged in life. Mm. Uh, they've got to know new people. Yeah. They're more rounded for it. Um, so I, we and we've lost nothing from it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, and actually they've gained because obviously I know your daughters and you kind of go, well, they've got they've got actually quite wonderful relationships with God themselves and they're not yeah. on mum and dad's faith, right? They're, um, no, absolutely. They're, they're, they're very much, no, this is my journey, my story now. And that's quite wonderful to see because I think it's easy to, to sort of just drift along, isn't it? And they've not done that. So hats off to them, you know, and I think it's funny watching my own kids. Um, I just... it the sort of the two boys have gone off to uni and you kind of think you look at the fact that they've got involved in church they've got involved in the cu they're different churches different and it's actually been really good for them you know they're figuring it out for themselves and i, I quite enjoy watching that you know yeah, really enjoy cool. watching that um let me just come back to it. I, I i always write notes mate whenever i'm doing interviews and i i wrote down the word letter and I circled it. And I just want to come back to a point you mentioned earlier about how someone wrote you a letter saying how their life had changed um, because mm. they met Christ through you, right? If you are listening to this podcast or if you're watching it on YouTube uh, and you are part of a church, can I encourage you to write to your dear church leaders uh, and just yeah. say thanks? Um, because that simple act, I mean, you talk about it with a smile on your face and, you know, and, and it it's one of those things where I think, it makes a big difference, right, to church leaders. Just the encouragement from people yeah, who are just uh, heartfelt in their thanks. I, I still, re I still remember the day as a teacher uh, when one of the other teachers said something complimentary to me. <laughs> uh, you know, and it was like, okay, that's good. You know, it's like, you know, with the things that people say when they say thank you or well done. You know, sadly, sometimes we can count on you know, maybe one, maybe two hands, mm. but because we, we just sometimes don't do it enough. Yeah. It's interesting. We, we've just told our church that we're leaving. So we've just had a whole lot of people saying, Oh, we really going to miss you, you know, and they've said this, this, and this, and, and, um, and, and like you say, it would it'd be great sometimes if people didn't, we didn't have to go for people yeah. to say that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Say, that, that, you know, some of them have said it through the years as well. Yeah. But, but yeah, absolutely. Bless, bless, you know, and it, it's not. This is not just true of church leaders. I'd say of anybody in your workplaces. Learn, learn to learn to praise, learn to thank people, learn to encourage, mm. uh, and speak out. Don't wait until people die to say nice things about them. 
Yeah, no, super true. Because it, as I mean, I was telling you before we hit record, I, I, I was at a funeral this afternoon, mm-hmm. uh, and um, I came away from the funeral thinking, ah, oh, the person that had passed away, she was young and yeah. beautiful lady. I've known her for a few years, and most amazing smile. But because of the way COVID was, I'd not really seen her for a few years, and I came away mm-hmm. thinking, I wish I'd caught up with her a little bit, you know, um, before she'd passed away. Uh, and I think it, you, you're right. You can you think of these things too late, don't you? Quite often. And actually, um, if I think you know, there are people that are important in your life. Just say thank you. Uh, just appreciate what they do. Really, yeah. really helpful. No, very good. Okay, mate. So we've got to that part of the show where I say to you, right? Um, what is your one? message like i know you you preach a lot right you're you're a church leader but if you just had one message which you could give and the reality of it probably is digs like me you've got one message which you keep coming back to all the time anyway regardless of what the topic is um what would that be yeah um i think for me it comes back to a verse in the bible which is proverbs 3 uh, 5 and 6 which says trust in the lord with all your heart Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and mm. he will make the path straight. And for me, I, the, I think the first time I really remember that verse was a number of people gave it to me when I went traveling around the world. And I totally saw that to be true as I traveled around the world. In fact, actually, funnily enough, I found an old document I came across with. This is 20 things that already in about two months God had done for me mm. in that time of traveling around the world. And and just by depending on him uh, and just trusting him, yeah, he helps us through life and he makes, as it were, our path straight. Sometimes when we don't even see where there's going to be a path. For yeah. me, that's my message is, Ian, stop trying to do it on your own. Stop trying to be a proud person and do it your own strength. Remember that somebody alongside, somebody who um, who can help you, somebody who can do it so much better than you can. Uh, so why don't you just, it, ask for his help uh, mm-hmm. and get on board with his program rather than trying to run things your way. Uh, and that would be my sense is, you know, if you want a life which is really rich, if you want a life which is really fulfilled, then stop trying to do it your way and start doing Jesus's way because mm. it's going to be so much richer, so much better, so much more, um, yeah, fulfilling and life-giving and mm. full of joy and peace. Uh, if you do it his way. So, and I constantly say that to, on, on the days where I kind of think, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do today about this problem. You know, suddenly mm. that I know that we've suddenly discovered that the gas bill has tripled at church and how are we ever going to pay for that? And just, I just say to myself, you know, don't, don't go there Ian. don't mm. try and do it. Figure it out on your own. Go to him first. And yeah. It's counsel. Yeah. Yeah, trust in the Lord. I, the, the the husband of the lady that passed away today at the funeral, she uh, he said um, in his talk that when she found out that she had cancer, because she passed away of cancer, when she found out she had cancer, the, when she was first given the diagnosis, the, two, the first two words out of her mouth were, let's pray. Um, and I think as I'm listening to you talking about trust in the Lord, I'm remembering that story. And it's like, we've got this news. It's not yeah. good. Going back to the nothing is ever wasted with God. Let's pray. Let's trust that God somehow in the middle of all of this can turn things around and do something quite extraordinary uh, with what's going on. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. 
So, let me ask you my Oscars question, uh, because I like my Oscars question, and I'm asking it everybody, uh, just because I can. Um, so, <laughs> you're at the Oscars, right? You've won an Oscar, a Lifetime Achievement Award for uh, Digger Dowsett here. Um, uh, Digger, by the way, is our nickname for Ian. Uh, so if you uh, if you get to know him, just stop calling him Digger uh, if you've heard it on the podcast. Um, so you get this Lifetime Achievement Award, right? And you stand up at the awards ceremony and everyone's going crazy. Well done, Dex. Um, and you unfurl a piece of paper uh, and you start off with this statement. I would just like to thank dot, 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 um, whether it's... Uh, a preacher, a parent, a family member, whoever, who's on your list of people that you that you want to thank for Dowsett, Ian, Reverend? We've got another hour, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I'm looking at your video feed, right? And it's getting darker and darker and darker because right, it's, it's dusk. <laughs> there we go. I was thinking the same. I was thinking I'd turn the light off again. That's much better. I'll tell you, if you're watching the YouTube video, that... <laughs> Master's talking to himself. There's his voice coming from somewhere. We don't know. But there he is. There's Ian. Uh, so, yeah, go for it. You're, who, who are you thanking, bud? Oh, gosh. Well, I, I think I, I would definitely start with the person who's helped me learn more about myself than anybody else, uh, which is my wife. Uh, so, Ruth would be the first. The first mm. thank you would be to my wife. She's been fantastic. She, she's put up with me. I think that's that's the, the most amazing thing I can say about her. But I just, I love doing life with her. And, and mm. you know, one of the great things has been, we do we do a lot together, actually. Um, mm. we're, we're not one of those, you know, um, you know, we we love the fact that we we like doing stuff together. We, we yeah. like working yeah. together. And, you know, we're not the same. We complement each other. There's some things that we liked that is the same and, and other things that aren't, but we complement each other well. Yeah, I'm, I'm super grateful to, yeah. for her. I think I'd be really, I'd say definitely my parents, they, they were the ones yeah. who, ultimately who started me on my faith journey yeah. uh, because they, they too love Jesus and they've always modeled that. Um, I know that when it comes to the, my parents' funeral, there'll be so many people who will say, these mm. people touched my life. And I would certainly be one of them and say yeah. that you know, they gave me life, uh, but also they, they, they showed me so many great characteristics about about life as well. So they're, yeah. they're fantastic people. And they are absolute legends. And um, I mean, for many years, we'd, we'd power around your house on New Year's Eve, uh, take over the house, uh, as we as our friendships grew and uh, we, we all got married, and they were yeah. so gracious and and wonderful, and it was we always looked forward to seeing Pete and Mary every every New Year's, you know, and it was just fantastic. And um, I remember early on in our marriage, Sharon had a few questions and uh, about a few things, and she's like, "I'm just going to call Mary." So I'm just going to call Mary. I'm just what I'm going to do. And she ends up speaking to your mum and going, "What do you think about me? You should do." She was like, "Thanks very much. I appreciate that." And so, no, your parents are absolute legends. Absolute legends. Brilliant. Yeah, I know they're great. I think one of the other guys who I would, I mean, there's many people who, who helped me through my sort of early years, but I think one of the guys who's been a, absolutely fantastic is Stuart Lees. He's a guy who was, a, he was a curate at our church when I was growing up. Um, but I've stayed in touch with him for, for years now. We're still mm. in touch at the moment. Uh, and, and it's been great because actually our relationship has changed. It's changed from sort of, I suppose, sort of the person I sort of look up to more now to being more of a big brother type figure. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's 
yeah, he was he was the the person I, I I said earlier about really was moving on in freedom himself and and helped me move on in that. And I'm super grateful that uh, I was around when that happened for him, and in order that I could kind of follow along and catch yeah. up and learn stuff from him. And he, he's always been super generous, super vulnerable. You mm. know, that's that's part of it. He he he'd set share the bad stuff that was going on for him in order that I could learn from that. Uh, you know, he'd be really honest with me about some of his failings in order that, yeah. you know, that I, he, that he was a real person, you know, yeah. he's like, I, I, I think that way, you know, but I look at you, Stuart, and you, you seem like you've got it all together. And then he, he'd tell you something about his inner story and he kind of, I'd be like, yeah, but that's how I feel. Yeah. I, I don't. And, and so just the fact that someone would be vulnerable with you, uh, that just is so precious. Um, so I'm so grateful to, to, to him for, for that mm. vulnerability and just uh, journeying with me for so long and yeah. occasionally challenging me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, isn't it? That whole um, mentor thing uh, was a word you used earlier, that whole mm. someone doing life with you who's probably just a little bit further on. We sometimes throw around this phrase discipleship in church, um, but it's that whole kind of thing, isn't it? Just doing life with people. Uh, and I'm... Yeah. I, I'm very aware of people that have done that with me. You know, I think about Dave Conley and um, mm. and you just kind of think, oh, I'm so grateful for these people who were vulnerable, willing to share, encourage me when I needed encouraging, punch me in the head when I needed punching in the head. Do you know what I mean? They're just awesome, awesome people. And it's one of the things that I love about the church is this, we're not perfect, like you say. We are a bit hypocritical on occasions. But there is a genuine desire to see God's kingdom come. Uh, and when you find somebody with that kind of heart, man, your life changes, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, that, that's it, isn't it? We're, we're not perfect people. But if we're trying to change, uh, mm. then that's that's an important thing. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, Diggs, you're a legend. Thanks for being my mate all these years. Um, I still remember when we first met at uni, uh, and started getting together in, in halls. I was a very new Christian at this point in time, and, and you and Dan Pryor and people like that totally encouraged me in my faith. And so whilst mentors are good, good mates are good too. Uh, and um, I'm super lucky yeah, that we... you as one of the people. Say again. I forgot to mention you as one of the people. I don't think you, you forgot at all. <laughs> That's way down the list. That's fine. Uh, but <laughs> that's awesome. Will now not be broadcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll just edit that bit out. Yeah, totally. So uh, if you would like to get a hold of Ian, if you'd like to connect with him, find out more about what he's doing, then you can reach Ian through the Crowd Church website, www.crowd.church, or you can go to the What's the Story website, which is whatsthestorypodcast.com, which is exactly the same. You'll think, oh, this all looks awfully like the Crowd Church website. They go to the same place. It just is what it is. Uh, but Digger. You're a legend, man. Love the bones off you. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Time has gone by so quickly. We might have to do this again, part two, um, follow up. Um, yeah, you're a legend. You and Ruth, awesome, awesome people. Love you loads. Thanks for being on the show, man. Yeah, I'd love to be with you. We will, of course, link to Ian in the show notes. Uh, if you want to get a hold of him, like I say, through the Crowd Church stuff, uh, it's all on the website, uh, along with the transcripts and all that sort of stuff. And of course, if you'll sign up to the newsletter, that will come straight to your inbox automatically. 
So there you have it. What a phenomenal conversation with my very good mate. Uh, thanks again to Ian for joining me. Remember to check out Crowd Online Church. www.crowd.church is the website, even if you might not see the point of church. We are an online church on a quest to discover how Jesus helps us live this more meaningful life that Ian was talking about. We are a community, a space to explore the Christian faith and a place where you can contribute and grow. And you are welcome at Crowd Church. Be sure to subscribe to What's the Story wherever you get your podcast from because we've got some more great episodes lined up and I don't want you to miss any of them. And in case no one has told you yet today, you are awesome. Yes, you are. You are created awesome and it is a burden you just have to bear. That's the way it goes. Uh, What's the Story is produced by Crowd Online Church. You can find our entire archive of episodes on your favorite podcast app. The team that makes this show possible is Sadaf Bainon, Josh Catpole, Estella Robin, and Tim Johnson. Our theme song is written by Josh Edmondson. And if you'd like to read the transcript or show notes, as I said, head over to the website, whatsthestorypodcast.com and sign up to the weekly newsletter while you are there. That's it from me. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a fantastic week. I will see you next time. Bye for now.